Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Ortiz finds it off center field. Damon run into the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. I can't circle. I don't have my telestrator today, but here comes a pizza. See it? This is our fucking city, and nobody gonna dictate our freedom. Stay strong. Welcome back to the Name Redacted Podcast, America's most beloved podcast, the most downloaded Red Sox podcast in the world. And I know what you're thinking. You're probably sitting there saying, damn, another series win for the Boston Red Sox, but it's an L in the game right before the podcast. Are these guys gonna sit there and sulk? Are these guys gonna be sad? Are these guys going to be negative? Are they going to be down on themselves? Are they going to be down on this baseball team? And to that, there's really only one way to answer that question. And that's the fucking positivity horn, Tyler. That's the positivity horn because if you listen to the last episode, we fucking told you this was gonna happen. We sat there and said the Red Sox were gonna win the first game. The Red Sox were gonna win the second game. And then they were gonna go into Sunday with Corey Big Dumpy Pants Kluber going on 
on Sunday, and there was a zero percent chance. One more time, Again. there was a zero percent chance he was going to have a good start. The Red Sox still could have won the game. I wasn't going to say that they weren't going to win the game, but there was a zero point zero percent chance Clover was going to deliver on Sunday, and he laid the biggest stinker of the season on Sunday. Just as we said, Tyler even said that they were going to get blown out on Sunday. We gave you the fucking cheat sheet. We gave you the guide one last time, Tyler. One more time. I had the damn script. We gave you the cheat sheet on how to watch the Boston Red Sox this weekend stress-free. You don't have to worry about a win on Friday. You don't have to worry about a win on Saturday. Strap it on Sunday. They're going to fucking lose that game. No worries. But my spin zone, ultimately, the spin zone that I want to deliver today. Because I know that some people might be down. They might be saying, hey, man, if only the Red Sox swept that series because if they if they had a half decent starter out there on Sunday, that's probably a sweep because the uh, the Padres are, are looking feeble. They're looking they're looking pretty bad out there. Let me ask you this. Both of you. Alex Cora essentially promised one more start to Corey Kluber. Do, if it's a bad one, and it most likely is going to be, I'm actually, you know what? I'm going to guarantee it. It's going to be a bad one. <laughs> I don't even care if it's the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks are pretty good. Let's just say it's another stinker for Corey Kluber. Is that it? Are you... I'm not saying in your mind, if you were the if you were high and bloom, like, do you give him another one? I'm saying based on what the Red Sox have told you that they will do. Is that it? Is is this next one? It I, I think it's a weird conversation and core kind of hinted this or hinted at this during that postgame presser. He goes, listen, we think we saw we see something here. Like we still think Kluber is a really effective pitcher. It wasn't like, oh, you know, we're going to kind of see where things go. You know, who knows what happens next? It's like all right, well, you know, when he's working around the zone the right way, we've seen what kind of pitcher he can be. Now, that might be him just trying to give a veteran guy kind of an arm around him and say, you know, whatever, you're trying to figure it out. I think if he gets really smacked around again, we're not talking to DFA. I'm not willing to go that far, but I think we're talking to Phantom. Listen, if I have to step up and be the guy, I'll be the fucking guy. Yeah, you've been the guy before. You can do it again. What, What do you mean by that? You killed your dog. Jake, cut that out. Um, Back to the point. With Kluber, I think a phantom IL stint is coming sooner rather than later here. Because mm-hmm. really, what you're looking at here, you can't explain it. How does a guy go from being the best command pitcher in baseball last year? You know, 99th percentile walk percentage. And now this year, he's walking three again. Like, what has happened to you? Three out of 31 starts last year, he had multi-walk performances. He's up to 18 walks this year. He had 21 all last year. We're talking yeah. a full season workload. He had 21 last year. He's already up to 18. That says something to me. And Corey says he's healthy. Yeah, great. You can say whatever you want. Something that's, that's even worse. It just screams cooked. It, it just doesn't. You can't sit there and blame it on anything. This is a guy who is so terrified of pitching on the mound right now that he knows if it's not a perfect pitch on the corner, it's going to get smacked if it's in the zone or he needs to miss to live and try and fight another day. He's scared. And I think that's the scariest thing you can say about him right now. Well, that, it's it's even worse that he's healthy. Like if, if it would be so much more encouraging if he was like, yeah, like, you know, my quad or my back or whatever, my shoulder. It's like, yeah, dude, I'm going out there with 100 percent health and just getting smacked around. I can't find the fucking zone. I'm giving up rockets to Rugnet Odor, who I mean, the fact that he's still in the league is crazy. He's as cooked as Kluber is like Corey Kluber is cooked. 
objectively cooked. And Cora was saying after the game, like, this is not a velocity thing. This is a location thing. It's both. It's both. It, like, he's throwing fucking 86 and it's not going anywhere. Like, even, like, I get most of the trouble that he's gotten himself in is because of not being able to locate. Either he's missing, like, the location's an, an issue because he's, he's throwing balls outside the zone. He's walking in runs. He's putting base runners on by walking guys. But then, like, that fucking slider to Odor, that was right down the plate. It was, it, he missed middle. Like, he was probably, I don't know if he was going away or in, probably away, but, I mean, he's, he's missing everywhere. It's, it's a disaster. And, yeah, like, you can say, okay, yeah, the velocity is not a, a reason why he sucks. It's not helping. It's not, it's not, you're not looking at his 86 mile an hour fastball being like, well, this is a positive. Like, you're, no, he just fucking, he is absolutely washed. And, and, and how long does it take after a game for a baseball savant to update? Uh, it usually, it's like an hour or something like that, I believe. All right. I want to see how ice cold this motherfucker savant's uh, page. Go is. take a look right now. It was garbage before then. But I think what you're seeing, you're seeing a pitcher that's shell shocked. Like he's given up 2.5 home runs per nine this year. Just homers. I think he, he knows every that he's start. watched. Did you did you watch the post game? Yeah, and it was just a guy who was kind of like, "Yeah, man, I'm just gonna keep trying. I don't really have a choice but to not give up." He's That's it. he's at the point where he knows the stuff isn't going to fool anyone. He can't beat anyone in the zone unless it's a perfect pitch. If I told you you had to do something perfectly every time up there. You're going to fail. And that's the that's how thin the line is for him at this point. There's no room for error. And he pitches like that out there where everything he's just trying to hit the corner perfectly. And he could get by last year because he could generate that soft contact in the zone. It was okay if he made a mistake, if the location wasn't perfect because he missed barrels. Now, as we mentioned with the home runs, when he misses a spot, it's either frigging three feet off the plate or it's 10 rows back. And it's more frustrating when you sit there and we know with the Red Sox, you have multiple arms that deserve an opportunity, whether you want to. And I, I'm not saying Pavetta should go in the rotation, but in a vacuum, would you rather have Pavetta or Kluber start every fifth day? We both have said it on the other podcasts. We'd have Pavetta, but the contract complicates it. The real reality, Tanner Houck and Cutter Crawford. There's no reason one of those guys should not be filling those shoes every day, because not only does it give you a chance for the future to develop, they're already an upgrade as is. And it's like, we're talking about $10 million here. We're not talking about, we didn't sign Corey Kluber to an eight-year, $250 million deal. Like, I, I, all the people are like, oh, you, you can't designate him for assignment. You can't, you can't, like, cut him from the roster because they gave him $10 million. It's $10 million. You're the fucking Red Sox. Who gives a shit? Like, if, if that's going to make your team better, then who fucking cares? First of all, it's not your money. Second of all, like I think that it's it's way worse. And I know that I know that like people say, oh, you can't just like give up on a veteran like that. Yeah, you can. He fucking sucks. Like he's fucking he sucks. He's going out there with nothing. He's giving you nothing. He's proving that he has nothing. Of course you can. Like to to what people were saying before. Oh, if you if you uh, designate a veteran like that for an assignment, you're, like you're never going to get any veterans to sign here ever again. Or, or you could just not fucking suck. Like, you, if you're signing with the Boston Red Sox, you understand that this is an organization that tries to fucking win. And I'm not saying that Corey Kluber's not trying to win. It's just he just does not, he does not have the ability to pitch at this level anymore. He doesn't. And I think that 
fans, Red Sox fans in particular, they're, they're going to be a little bit more, I don't want to say mean, but like pointed and stern about it because we don't know this guy. Like, yeah, you won Cy Young Awards. It wasn't here. You pitched in the playoffs. It wasn't here. Like, you don't, we don't have any fucking sentimental value attached to this guy. We're trying to win right now. We're trying to win with the group that we have right now. We can't do that with Corey Kluber. That's just a fact. You can't do it. Isn't Pavetta the perfect example? Like a guy who's had big moments here who gave you starts the last couple of years. And when he's not cutting it, Red Sox fans come out and say, this guy is not fucking cutting it. Corey Kluber it, with Pavetta. We like we mentioned this with Paxson and Sale. There was ingredients there, right? Like you could say even when the dish didn't come out correctly and they were scuffling or at least sale was scuffling early in the year. It's like, well, he has the stuff there to make it happen to kind of take that jump again. Kluber doesn't have any ingredients. He's throwing fucking 85. The, he can't spot any of his pitches. What, what do you have? You can't live off. You have bad command and you have bad stuff. Neither of those things are going to be able to come together and give you anything to dream on. And maybe you get the command back at that point, or at some point he kind of clicks it in. But right now, I'm just watching it get worse. He's continuing to walk three batters out there start after start. You can't live like that. That's just the reality. I think the Red Sox, where they stand is, yeah, they did give him $10 million. Instead of just completely cutting bait right away, let's draw this thing out. Who knows what injuries happen? Maybe, I, I do think they think they can figure something out here. I don't believe that. But maybe with an extended layoff, I'd be willing to DFAM. I think the Red Sox will slow play it. But he doesn't deserve another start in this rotation after today. He's going to get another one, unfortunately. But if he goes out there and gets messed up, it is such a slap in the face if you try to convince anyone that Tanner Houck should not be in that rotation over him. The money has dictated all of it to this point. Um, it's it's just how baseball goes. Like, that's the game. Um, I mean, we kind of just saw it with Aaron Hicks. Like, that guy fucking sucks at baseball. And he was still getting plate appearances here and there. Because they were like, well, we paid him. Uh, eventually, it gets to a point where you can no longer justify it. And even if you have two and a half years left with X amount, 36 million or whatever the fuck it is that they paid Aaron Hicks to go away, teams will do that. The Red Sox have done it with Pablo Sandoval. Hey, thanks. You know, you fucking suck, you fat bitch. Get out of here. And they'll do it. With Corey Kluber, there's just no justification for it, especially if he goes out there against the D-backs and he's ass and he's going to be. I'm not saying he's going to get smacked around, but he's going to look underwhelming. He's going to suck. He's going to go out there and with his 86 and not being able to locate. He's going to walk guys. He's going to maybe make it to the fourth inning, best case scenario. Like you have better options. That's the big kicker here is it's not like, all right, we really built this team around Corey Kluber being one of the five guys. Not really. Like you have other options. But you disagree with that? I, no, I do think the Red Sox envisioned him starting every fifth day. Of like, course they did. Well, of course they did. But I'm saying that you like you can lose a Corey Kluber and replace him with someone that's better. No, fact I, or fiction. 100%. I agree. That was the point I was making yeah. a couple of minutes ago. You have multiple options, even if, you know, Houck and Crawford are the main ones. But even if you wanted to mention Pavetta, like I'd rather see Pavetta out there every fifth day. But I think louder. With, I'm not going to say that louder. No, I'm good. Uh, I think when it comes to Corey Kluber as a whole, though, the Red Sox, how quickly are they willing to say this was a complete mistake? I'll give credit to Heim. He's been doing that over the last, really, let's say from last offseason forward here. Uh, he's been willing to kind of cut these mistakes, and we gave him credit heading into this year, whether it was a Jeter Downs or whatever it may be. We're not going to cling on to stupid stuff. Even to Ryan Brazier recently, like they did move off of him finally. I think with Kluber, they are going to at least stretch this out a little bit, and I, I hope they don't. 
And that's why the Phantom IL thing, like just dance around it. You don't even have to touch it. But I have a hard time thinking they're just going to completely throw them away instead of saying, we'll work on it on the side. Go sit and let's see. Let's kick the can down the road like we do just about every other decision with this rotation. Because we hate Phantom IL. Yeah, they just hate making hard rotation decisions. It's right in front of you. Like I would have, if I was Corey, I would have walked to Kluber after this game and said, buddy, you're taking two weeks off. Two weeks, three weeks. We'll work on the I'm side not, every day, yeah, whatever it is. Go down to Fort Myers and figure it out against, you know, on the backfields or whatever the fuck you got to do. Well, but don't figure it out at the big league level when we're trying to win. I mean, they did win the series, but they could have swept that series. Like if Tanner Houck pitched, granted, you could say, yeah, the Red Sox didn't score a fucking run today. So it doesn't really matter who was out there. Fair. But I feel like there's like you'll talk to guys and candidly, they will tell you like, yeah, like if you get behind early, like it is mentally like the bats are different. Like they just are. Like you're down six nothing in the fucking third inning. Like your at bats are different than they would be if it was two nothing or whatever, three nothing. It's the same shit we gave Pavetta in Atlanta, where he just threw the game away before it could even start. That's what Corey Kluber did today. Also didn't help that he can't feel the friggin' ground ball hit to him either. So not only is he just making his life harder because he can't pitch, he's not fielding. It's just bad. It's bad all the way around. And at the end of the day, that talent level surpasses. You need to let Tanner Houck or Cutter Crawford get those starts in because they help now and moving forward. There's no excuse. You got to swallow your own pride and say, hey, go figure it out or really nut up and just say, we're done. We're good. We don't give a fuck. But that's a hard pill to swallow when you have such little room before the luxury tax. And you're basically saying we pissed $10 million down the drain. Mm -hmm. Speaking of swallowing stuff. Jake, could you uh, could you tell the good folks at home about Blue Moon? Because there is nothing in this world that I would prefer to have sliding down my throat than an what? Nothing. I'm just getting excited. Ice, okay, ice cold glass mm. of Blue Moon, and I prefer it in the glass. I know that they. I, I have bottles in my fridge right now, but I'll pour it out of the bottle into a glass. You can just hear the coriander sliding down that glass. You can hear it. Mm. Mm -hmm. I'm actually uh, thinking about having a little, uh, little, little, uh, you know, like a little summer party at the house. Barbecue? Kind of. Yeah. But with, with only blue moon though. No food. No, (laughs) we're just going to get extremely drunk. Yeah. It says B Y O F. Bring your own food. Um, but I will have a ton of blue. I'll bring some Buffalo tender that I can supply. We can go. We'll go up to the upstairs batting cage and take some swings while drunk. Mm -hmm. I'll show you how to swing a bat a little bit. Mm -hmm. Can you, can you swing a bat? Can I? Yeah. Listen, they didn't call me Kelly Shopik on my baseball team for nothing. Jesus Christ. Got a problem? No. Um, thank you. But I do want to talk about Blue Moon. And, and after Jake tells everyone about Blue Moon, we're not done with this Corey Kluber conversation. And also, I have some breaking news, as I said previously. Jake, take it away. Some beers can say they're brewed for baseball, but only Blue Moon is brewed by baseball. Beer and baseball just go together. And no beer goes better than the one that was literally born in a ballpark. Blue Moon was created at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. It's the natural choice for opening day and all season long. Man, I know it's only been a couple episodes since the RIP Bullet episode, but it's tough to get Bullet out of my mind right now. And I can't even imagine how Tyler feels. I mean, really, what is there to say about Bullet? He was a dog. He loved being alive. 
and Tyler fucking <laughs> and Tyler fucking killed him. And I have to live with that every single day. But thankfully, I got a fridge stocked full of blue moons, and they help ease the pain. So for all the listeners out there who are still feeling the pain from Bullet, go to your fridge, crack open a blue moon, and watch that pain ease away. R.I.P. Bullet. With its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander, Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale is a one-of-a-kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full-flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Blue Moon was brewed by baseball to give you a dose of nostalgia and get you excited for the new season. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something one-of-a-kind? Its bold flavor, bright explosion of color, and iconic orange slice ritual guarantee a one-of-a-kind beer experience perfect for spring weather. Best served with its signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful bright color, a beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon, but you can enjoy it all season long. Bring the ballpark to you with Blue Moon Belgian Style Wee Ale. It's one of a kind every time. Check out shop.bluemoonbrewingcompany.com for beer and baseball merch, or visit get.bluemoonbeer.com slash jared to find Blue Moon delivery options. That's get.bluemoonbeer.com slash jared. Blue Moon, made brighter. Celebrate responsibly, Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado Ale. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Thank you, Jake. Appreciate you as always. Um, So I tweeted before the series started. I said, spare me on the hot takes about Xander this weekend. I don't want to hear it. And also spare me when Michael Walker inevitably outduels Corey Kluber in the finale about, oh, I wish we had Corey. I wish we had fucking Michael Walker. And then people bringing up Nathan Avaldi because I tweeted out uh, after Chris Sale's 111 pitch performance, someone said, I wish I could look up the statistic for how many pitchers have thrown 110 pitches in a start this year. And I said, 12 pitchers have thrown 110 pitches in a start this year. Only two of them have done it twice. That would be Chris Sale. And Nathan Valdi. So then that started though. Oh, why don't we bring back Nathan Valdi? That's right, the only just, one. That's the only no, one no, I no, let no, people no, say. No, 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 no. I, no, you don't let them say that either. Go because <clears throat> we'll talk about both of them. First of all, Nathan Valdi, who I love and wish was still on this team. His agent overplayed his hand. Like they had a deal, like they were ready to rock in November. That was one of the first boxes that the Red Sox wanted to check in November. Three years. Had it on the table. And the Evaldi camp, and I'm not going to put this on Nate because the player always, or not always, but nine times out of 10, they're just going to be like, to the agent, do your thing. Do what you got to do. Like, you know best. You're the agent. He could have had a deal done with the Red Sox in November. His camp was like, we want to, we think we can do better. And they overplay their hand and they did not do better, at least in terms of the, the years and the money they didn't. Maybe he, he's in a better place in Texas. Is that they're, they're in a great spot. Maybe, maybe he's happy that he's in Texas. He's, he's, in home, he's, he's at home. 
Uh, and he's on a team that is playing really good baseball. Maybe he prefers that spot. Jared, Fine. And you can confirm this isn't a Zach Eflin situation. Evaldi came back looking for that deal. You know, when the yes. time came after the Rangers gave him their final yep. offer. Yeah. Came back and the Red Sox were like, we we moved on. Like we we had X amount of dollars to spend this offseason. And you guys said we can do better. So we moved in a different direction and it's allocated elsewhere now. So I don't want to hear about the Nathan Avaldi thing. If he and I'm not going to and I feel bad because I don't even want to start to say if he wanted to be here, then he'd be here. I think he wanted to be here, but I think he wanted to be here for a certain price point, And that's fine. Like if, if you think that you're worth X and you got offered Y. Go find it if it's out there. It wasn't, unfortunately. So they, they overplayed their hand and that's why he's in Texas and not here. Can't put that on Heim. Can't put that on the Red Sox. The, the only is, thing I will hold the Red Sox on is them coming out and saying we wanted to add top of the rotation arms this offseason to this group to get people in the right place. And then they went and gave $10 million to Corey Kluber, which I hey, agree. Nate Evaldi got $20 million, right? AAV. Corey Kluber is half of that. Now, maybe you have to sit here and this is where you start playing these crazy games in your head. Do you say, well... We could have gone without a Chris Martin or something like that. And it's hard to envision that on this team. Like, think about the injuries that happened with Schreiber going down. Was there a way you could possibly fit of all the under the luxury tax? I think it would have been extremely hard to do so. Possible? Maybe. But then you're hurting yourself in another area. So yeah. I still don't think it's a it's an easy solution or this is what you should have done and you fucked up by going about it this way. You just shouldn't have gone Kluber. Anything was better than Corey Kluber. Yeah. I mean, Gibson's having a nice little year for Baltimore would have been nice. Same same price range, probably cheaper, I would imagine. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Red Sox have been chasing Corey Kluber for the last fucking three years. It's like, hey, do you want to play for the Red Sox? No, nah, I want to play for the Yankees. Oh, do you want to play for the Red Sox now? Nah, I want to pitch for the Rays. Do you want to pitch for the Red Sox now? Yeah, I'm fucking toast, dude. Yeah, I guess I'll take your money. I would. That's fine. You had Rich Hill who was kind of begging to come back. If, if we're being honest here, saying like, dude, I'm taking friggin' meetings the first week after the season, telling them like, I want to stick here. I think Rich Hill has like a 380 ERA, a 4.6 FIP. Like if Corey Kluber was doing that right now, we'd be doing friggin' backflips for him. Mm-hmm. Like there, there mean, were other I, solutions. Day, I'm not like, we're not going to be fucking revisionist history general managers here because I think when you looked at what Corey Kluber did last year, you're like, yeah, we'll take that. He throws strikes. That's it. This this drop off for Kluber was something that no one called it. No one was like, oh, he's washed. Why would they sign him? That didn't happen when when he originally got signed. No one was saying like, why would they sign him? He's washed. They looked at the numbers with Tampa last year and they're like, I I think the narrative was more. Well, he's not going to start 32 games. He's not going to give you 25 starts. But like if you get 150 innings out of this guy, then he's a guy that, that limits the damage. Like I'll take a. I'll take a four ERA from this guy if the whip is like one one in fifteen or something like that. Like that's what we expected from him. We expected pinpoint control, limiting damage, and giving you innings, quality innings. And I would have taken that, but it was pretty surprising to me when they rolled this guy out, and you're just like, man, this guy is rinsed. <laughs> it is just not good. Well, because the last thing you expect is like, yeah, maybe he is going to just get smoked in the zone, right? Like, all right. Like, he can't beat anyone with anything. Okay. It's the walks. Like, that's you just straight up not being the pitcher that they asked you to be. The whole Red Sox pitching philosophy this offseason was throw strikes. Corey Kluber was like one of the faces for that. Like, no matter what, we know he's going to put the ball in the zone every time. 
This is when you see a guy who's actually cooked where he can't control the ball like he once did. No matter what they do, mechanical adjustments, they got Chris Sale back together. They've had James Paxson who was struggling with his command in AAA. Little shaky the other night, but it hasn't been bad. It's been solid. Kluber's been in this rotation all year long, and it's getting worse. What's the excuse there? Eventually, you say, all right, well, this guy, whatever it is, he just can't take to it. And that's when you start to say, all right, the skill's not there anymore. He just can't harness the ball. I think it's that, and I think it's the mindset. I think he's shell-shocked from getting hit so hard. I, I really do. He's trying to be too perfect with stuff that's just not good enough. Yeah. I think he knows he's toast, unfortunately. Like, listening to his post game and hearing him talk about how he needs to... It, it was kind of like sale before the twins start, I believe it was, where they were asking him, like, hey, what, what is it that you got to fix? And he was like, I don't fucking know. Like, 50 things? Like, I think Jemai asked him, is it one thing? Is it multiple things? He's like, yeah, it's, it's everything. <laughs> like, I just fucking He doesn't suck. know like, what every- to do. But yeah. when you throw, like, with Chris Hill, it's like, all right, well, at least you throw 97, man. It's like, dude, you throw 87. There, there, there's no hope for you. There's nothing's going to get better here. It's like maybe you start putting in the zone, and guess what? You're still getting mauled in the zone. So what's going to happen? I don't know. I think I think that they, I think teams like this. I would hope that the decision is already made. Like, hey, because put it this way, I I have a strong feeling that uh, when it was announced that Nick Pavetta was going to make that last start before he went to the pen, they probably knew that that was his last start. Like, I don't think that like, Coors comments Red- told us that a little bit in the week leading up to that last Pavetta start. Yeah. Like the Red Sox are not a knee jerk reaction team. They're not going to see a shit start and be like, that's it. You're out of here. Like that. That's just not that's that doesn't make good baseball sense. But I do think that they get their ducks in a line. And when Nick Pavetta made his last start, I think they knew in the days leading up to that, that that was going to be his last start. We didn't know that. The public did not know that. But I think they knew that. And hopefully that's what this Sunday Kluber start is. Like that, hey, we're giving you one more start. And I don't even think that that's probably communicated to him at this point. Maybe it is because he's he's a veteran and he's a professional and he's been around for so long that... Uh, but it depends. Like in the case of Pavetta, you knew that you were moving him to the bullpen. In the case of Kluber, you're either going to phantom IL this guy and tell him, hey, you're, you're going down to Fort Myers to work on your shit for a month, or you're telling him that you're designating him for assignment. So you're not going to say that to him before he makes a start. Like That's a conversation that happens either that night, 24 hours later. I don't know, but it's, just, it's, not perfect. it's not perfectly comparable to the Pavetta situation because at least you could just slide Pavetta into the bullpen and he still has a role in this team. Whereas Kluber is so bad that he's just taken up a roster spot. If you put him in the bullpen, like he's of absolute no use to you in the bullpen. It's go down to Florida and figure your shit out with a fake injury or it's, Hey, thanks. Thanks for everything. We appreciate you. Um, best of luck. Hopefully you catch on somewhere else. Cause it ain't working out here. And he has to know there's no offers coming. Like if you go out there with what you've been throwing, Everyone else is just going to say, all right, this guy's at the end. Like Madison Bumgarner, it's kind of similar to that in some ways where it's like, 
Kluber is a nicer guy. I think it's a little bit less of a maybe a clubhouse issue. I know there's been some, some stuff going down there in Arizona, but the stuff has come to such a low level where it's just it's not major league caliber when you watch it. It's just what are you doing out there? And I've given credit point to- about Mad Bum, too, because I'm actually now that you say it, a little surprised that there's n- not just that he doesn't have a job, but we've heard nothing. Nothing. Like, there's no interest because C- clearly the stuff had come to such a low level. Kluber's even lower than that, like which is kind of scary, like in terms of velocity and stuff. But that's the game you're playing. Kluber was good a year ago. Bumgarner hasn't been good in years. So like that's the other half of it. Or Kluber was average. I'm not trying to overhype him or anything. Are the Red Sox willing to be that quick? And look, the D-backs benefited from it. They cut Madison Bumgarner. It was like, all right, we got the dead weight off our back. This is awesome. Do the Red Sox respond in a similar way? Maybe. And the D-backs had more invested in a Bumgarner, which is like another thing to keep in mind. There was more reason to sit there and say, all right, fuck it. Let's keep throwing it at the wall and hope something changes. Kluber's one year, 10 million. It just seems with the way Bloom has built a lot of things is depth means a lot to him. If they can keep an arm in an organization longer, or give themselves a way to kick that can down the road, they will. It's just, is Kluber willing to kind of go and work on the side and do that? If he's not, yeah, go home. There's no reason for you to be here, but he can't be in the bullpen. That'd be a massive mistake. Mm. Yeah, I would agree. And I think that they're they're smart enough to know that. They're not going to stash this guy in the bullpen, uh, especially when you know that you have plenty of viable options. Like Brian Bayo is not getting optioned no. so that Corey Kluber can live to see another day. That's not going to happen. You've got Sale. You've got Paxton. You've got Bayo. You've got Whitlock coming back. It's, it's time to figure out that last spot. And you have better options, whether it's Tanner Houck or Cutter Crawford or a combination of both. I don't give a fuck, but it is significantly better than what Corey Kluber has given you. And I don't want to make this the Corey Kluber hate hour either, because like I said, sure, he's a great guy. Like I, I've I've from the people that I know that have played with him, they love him. Can't say enough about him. Great. I don't know. him. Uh, I I don't know. Like I haven't heard anything from anyone on the team this year. Like no one has like said anything. So I, I can't be like, oh, yeah, no, he helped so and so. I have no idea. Um but it, it ain't working out and we've got better options and it's, it's a dogfight right now. Like I, the fact that the Red Sox, like I, I would have been more inclined to be like, yeah, who cares? Like, I don't feel, I don't feel strongly one way or another about Corey Kluber because like, this is just a figure it out year. That's not the case. Like the Red Sox right now at the time of this recording, which is Sunday night. Yes. They're a game and a half back of a playoff spot. Game and half back. Who's Sunday night baseball tonight? It's a good question. Um, but no, you're right. Like that is what you fall into here where if by the end of the year, the wild card situation, it's going to be a game or two that decides it all. It's not just that. It's the future as well. You get nothing. Corey Kluber is not going to be. He might not be here in two weeks. Never mind. Next year, like mm. Cutter Crawford and Tanner Houck are going to be staples of this foundation moving forward. They need to pitch right now and they'll already be better. But moving forward, you need those answers. That's the stuff that can raise the ceiling of this team. I think it. I think there's some fear in probably the Red Sox in the front office that, well, what happens if something happens to Sale or Paxton? Then what do we do? All right. Well, then if Kluber's sitting on the side and working on stuff, 
he becomes an option if you need innings or whatever it may be. They're not good enough innings right now. That's my biggest problem with it. Like if you're sitting there and saying, well, let's keep kicking the can down the road. If it's anything like this, it's just you can't explain it whatsoever. That's why I'd give him two weeks and I'd say, all right, two weeks. We'll give you one more. If it looks like dog shit, get out. We're done. We do not need it here. I don't know what he can show you in two weeks that'll make you change your mind about him. Can you go like, out? Uh, it, the, that's the thing. Can you come out and show me elite command? And even then, even if he is the guy he was last year, is that better than Tanner Houck or Cutter Crawford? It's no, not. And that's, no. that's the real situation we keep coming back to. The best Red Sox team for 2023, even if Kluber can get back, doesn't feature him. Jake, what are your, what are your, what are your thoughts on Corey Kluber? Yeah, I mean, he's fucking terrible. Uh, <laughs> it's like Tyler said. He he basically has three pitches. He has he can throw a ball, he can throw a perfect pitch on the corner, or he can just throw a fucking meatball that gets smoked. And it's just like, I'm just tired of watching it. Can I make a comp here? Yeah, sure. Not to bring up dying dogs, even though that's become a thing recently. Rest in peace, bullet, by the way. Don't even. On some, on some real shit. Fuck you. Um, on some real shit. I, I mean, listen. Dave O'Brien was was lobbing bombs at Bullet on the broadcast on Friday night. I was sobbing. I was legit crying, and Martha was trying to comfort me. And I told her not to touch me, but she tried anyways. Uh, yeah. Like I was working through it. I, I was not in a good space. What happened? What was what was the moment? Uh, the exploded, and then your tweet went out, and then mm-hmm. emotionally I exploded. Yeah, uh, I, I I was I was on your side on that one. No, you weren't. Yeah, I was. Dave O'Brien was like uh, the uh, the Red Sox offense exploded tonight, just it, like. Tyler Milliken's no, dog. No, no, that, that is not what that no, you made the connection. That's what he said. All That's he, what he said, said was the Red Sox offense exploded and exploding he immediately goes like to you and Boyd. Like, no, obviously he didn't. You, you know what he meant. You know what he no, meant. No, I did not. Dave he O'Brien would not do that. I don't know. I don't know. He, he's <laughs> he's been he's been on one this year. Saw my daughter solo tweets before the game. But Corey Kluber's the That's dog. That's probably what it was. That's a good point. I think he saw your Don Orsillo tweets before the game and he was like, you know what? Fuck that dead dog. And he just he just threw shade at Bullet, which I again, I'm on your side on this. I I thought it was despicable. For Bullet's sake, I'm not going to address what you just said. Okay, um, fine. But Corey Kluber's like Rest in peace, Bullet, though. Corey Kluber's your dog that's still alive, but the legs don't work anymore. And he's kind of just like dragging himself. You know, that dog from family guy that like the old man's dog. And he's just like barely holding on. And he pulls himself with his front paws through the grass. Uh huh. That's what Corey Kluber is. The body doesn't work. He needs to be put down. He's nice. Like, it's nice to have him around. But what's Sounds best like for everybody? For a professional, huh? Yeah. What's Someone best for everyone? Work. Not a professional. I am not going to kill right. Corey Kluber. I, I didn't say you. Are you admitting to killing dogs in the past? I've I never Jake, killed a dog. Jake, Jake, did I did I suggest that Tyler should do that? No, he suggested that himself. Yes, I said a professional should do it. You know what? And you were like, oh, I'm a professional. I kill dogs. I, I can't. I'm not going to respond to that. My lawyers told me not to respond to that, actually. Good. Smart lawyer. Corey Kluber needs to be put down. And that's all I'm saying here. It's time for this old dog. He, he had his years. There were a lot of great years. They weren't here. They were in his other homes. But it, it's sad to look at. It makes me uncomfortable watching this dog live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He needs to explode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Okay. Um, I had some thoughts on Xander and the whole situation this weekend, but first... I, I think I had some weird ones, too. Yeah. Well, perfect, perfect segue. Because May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Didn't know if you knew that. Um, oh, it re- you really act like it is. What, with for, for you? Yeah. I've been nothing but supportive to you, Tyler. Jake, has he been supportive? Keep saying RIP bullet. <laughs> How many times do I got to say it to, to show you that I'm the most supportive friend you got? How many people at the sports hub even knew who Bullet was before we started talking about him on the podcast? Nobody. Nobody knew about Bullet. So you're telling me you made Bullet? I put Bullet on, yeah, for sure. <sighs> Just Answer finish. the question, fin- I didn't hear it because your internet lagged. Get your internet many- to work and I would have heard Tyler, the question. Tyler, how many people at the sports hub have ever said RIP Bullet? Zero. Zero. And suck on it. Okay. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Uh, and Cerebral is a 100% online mental health service that offers therapy and medication management for anxiety, depression, insomnia, stress, burnout, and more. And I love Cerebral. And I don't care about talking about uh, mental health. I think the stigma is bullshit. I think everyone, a lot of people, especially uh, you know, with with all the high pressure jobs that you guys probably have listening to this right now. You're in school. Anxiety, depression, been there, done that. Insomnia, been there, done that. Everyone can relate to stress and burnout. Uh, I started therapy in 2010. How old were you in 2010, Tyler? 12. You were 12 when I started therapy. 12 years old. It works. It can help. I feel like you could benefit from some online therapy, Tyler. A lot of people have said that to me in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like your, your brain is like, uh, it's, like a, it's like a classic car engine that just needs to be like refurbished a little bit. And that's essentially what online therapy can be for you. Because it doesn't have to be, oh, I'm depressed. It doesn't have to be, oh, I have anxiety. Just it's just nice to have uh, an unbiased neutral party to talk to about some stuff. But if you if you are dealing with depression and anxiety, this is another thing, another route that you can take that I can uh, I can swear by. Um, Cerebral is here for anyone who's looking for help with their mental health, no matter where you are in your journey. So Tyler, you're a newbie. Me, I'm in year fucking thirteen or fourteen. But you're doing good. You're feeling yeah, you're feeling right. I feel great. I feel great. Last two years, some of the happiest years of my life. Cerebral helps people with anxiety, depression, stress, insomnia, and more. If you feel like you're experiencing burnout or processing a major life event. So this is, this is speaking to you right now, Tyler, because you're, you're experiencing some burnout. You got two jobs. You're processing a major life event. You killed your dog. Cerebral is care that's ready for you. It's 100% online. I know that you're busy. That's another big benefit for you, Tyler, because you have places to be. You have jobs to work. You have Martha. You have your third dog that you're on since first grade. <laughs> you're stressing you take, me out. You're stressing true, me out right listen, now. Listen, that's a lot of stress. It's a lot of stress. That's why, that's why online therapy is probably for you. You take a brief questionnaire and you get matched to take uh, to, to a care team based off of your needs and preferences through the Cerebral app. 
You can schedule your sessions, get your questions answered, and access additional mental health services. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides medication management online through a licensed provider if clinically indicated. Connect with your therapist on your own schedule through your laptop or your Cerebral mobile app. You can schedule sessions based on what's what's the most convenient for you. I know you're a very busy guy, Tyler. Uh, You don't have to wait weeks to be seen, which... I just told you about my ear that's had fluid in it for 11 months. They can't see me until September. That's really annoying. That doesn't happen with Cerebral. 80% of members see a provider within five days. That's less than a week, Tyler. You can do your sessions on a laptop or on a phone. So you can always find an area at home where you're most comfortable. And it's affordable treatments that are one third of the price of traditional therapy. And treatment options are available with or without insurance. Do you have insurance, Tyler? I do. You have insurance. All right. Congratulations. So you're already one leg up on the competition. Shout Cerebral out is shout out to your mom. Cerebral is in network um, with several insurers, and they're working every day to grow their partnerships within network. Uh, your monthly cost is even lower. Cerebral understands that finding a therapist isn't a linear journey. If your therapist isn't a match, Cerebral will help you find a provider that meets your needs. 50% of Cerebral's clinicals uh, self-identify as people of color. It's important to Cerebral to have the diversity so that everyone can get treatment they deserve. And as mentioned, for Mental Health Awareness Month this May, you can get an exclusive 50% off your first month of therapy by going to Cerebral.com slash Jared, J-A-R-E-D. That is Cerebral.com slash Jared for 50% off uh, um, of your first month of therapy. For quality mental health care that's accessible and affordable, join Cerebral today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Feel like that's feel like that's for you, Tyler. Listen, I've I've been in a very dark place, so I do appreciate you uh, throwing that life raft out for me. I'm sorry to hear that. What? I said I'm sorry to hear that. That I've been in a dark place. Yeah. I hope you mean that. I do. I hey, listen, I. I went to Cerebral and I was like, hey, can we get a promo code for my friend Tyler? I think he would really benefit from, from being in therapy, online therapy. And he's really busy. And they're like, oh, we're, we're online. Maybe we can, can go together. You want to go to group therapy? Couples. Couples therapy. Why not? We're a kind of okay. couple. Yeah, this is a marriage. You'll find, you'll find that podcasting is very much like a marriage. Jake, you're welcome to come. I'd stop in. <laughs> Your Xander Bogart's thoughts, Jared. So, as you saw in the video that I made after the Red Sox failed to sign Xander Bogart's and he ended up with the San Diego Padres, I made a video that was very sad with five cigarettes, six cigarettes, I can't remember, six cigarettes in my mouth at the same time. Um, was really sad about that because I love Xander 
And I still see Xander slander on the timeline where people are like, oh, like Xander was a must have been a bully in the clubhouse and Xander was a bad person. Like, fuck off. Xander was the nicest dude, like the nicest dude. There was a zero percent chance that he was a negative influence on any of the young players. Like, I, I think I saw someone saying, uh, oh, Xander must have been the player that got on Casas for napping in the clubhouse. Nope. It was not Xander. It was not Xander. It wasn't Xander. Like the player that said, what the fuck are you doing when he was sunbathing? Not Xander. The one that got on him for napping in the clubhouse? Not Xander. Like, I don't know why people, just because he's not on the team anymore, they just want to be like, what the fuck? Like, it must have been crazy. Crazy. He is the the nicest, most genuine human being. And I was kind of like doing like a psychoanalysis on myself. I was like, why am I not really sad? Like seeing Xander, like it's cool, but like it, it would be one thing if the Red Sox had like a stuff, like if Marcel Meyer was up and he was just dominating and be like, oh, you know, it, that eases the blow of Xander. Like the Red Sox have not <laughs> had a consistent shortstop. Like the the loss of Xander should be felt more than I think I'm feeling it. I think winning helps. Um, I'm not even going to say it's, oh, it's because Trevor Story's coming back. In my mind, like, who the fuck knows? Is he going to play second baseman? I have no, I don't have no idea. I don't know what their plan is. Like, maybe he's going to play short. Maybe he's going to play second. I don't know. Uh, but I just think um, after going through the Mookie Betts thing, uh, I just, I feel like I have unfortunately been able to master the art of letting go quickly because there's just no reason to hang on. Like it's not, it's not like a relationship in real life where you break up and then you have like the, Oh, but what if we get back together in a couple months? Like what if we run into each other somewhere and we have a conversation and we have a couple drinks and then we just be like, Oh, I love you. I love you too. Like that's not baseball. Like Mookie Betts got traded to the Dodgers and then he signed a fucking 13 year extension with the Dodgers. He's gone. He ain't coming back. Xander Bogarts signed an 11-year fucking contract with the San Diego Padres. He's gone. He's not coming back. Like, you just have to snap out of it. Yes, I love Xander. Yes, I wish he was still on the team. No, I wouldn't have given him 11 years. Yes, I was happy with six or seven years. Yes, they should have got it done in spring training. No, they didn't get it done. And yes, the Padres drastically overpaid to get him. I'm happy that he got all that money. I'm happy that he has financial security and, and he has a job until he's 40. All those things can be true. Yes, I miss him. No, I wouldn't have given him that deal. Like, like, no, I'm, I wasn't really bothered seeing him in a Padres uniform because yes, I accepted that he's gone. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I wasn't alone in feeling this way. I, I, I thought that I was going to be on an island by myself saying, well, I saw Xander this weekend and like, it didn't really bother me that much. I thought people were going to be like, no, I'm still upset. I'm not over it. Like, I feel like a, a vast majority of Red Sox fans, at least from the replies that I saw, were saying things like, yeah, I'm, you know, I don't really feel that way either. But I did say, I provided the context. If this series were played at Fenway Park and he had a standing ovation and they did a tribute video and the, it was like a whole fucking thing, I might have felt differently. But because the series was in San Diego, I wasn't there. I didn't get to see him in person. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I didn't, it didn't bother me. Yeah, I, I'd say I was in the same boat. I expected a little bit more just kind of staring at him and saying, oh, well, what could be? What, what would it be like if, you know, Xander Bogarts had ended up finding a way to get back here during the offseason and he came here on a lesser deal than what was out there? Or if he had actually signed that extension, you know, in spring training and none of it went wrong? I think part of it was he went 0 for 11. So there was no moments there where we're like, oh, 
Like that, that's our Xander Bogarts. There, there wasn't any of that this series. He looks out of sorts. He kind of looks like he did at times last year. I think when people would get a little frustrated and they were like, well, you know, where's the Xander Bogarts? That was that middle of the order guy that you kind of always leaned on. But I think more of it really when it comes to the situation is where the current Red Sox team is and that there was such a bad taste left in everyone's mouth last year, just with how things were. And I know I, I don't look at Bogarts like some people who are like, oh, well, he was the guy in the clubhouse making everything bad. It was all on him. No. Do I think he was checked out and his head was in other places and he wasn't the Xander Bogarts he had been earlier in his career or even the year previous? I do think that's the case. And we've heard Devers and him going out to dinner and working through emotions, trying to talk through it. Bogarts saying it's the hardest year of his career and how he just knew really from spring training he wasn't coming back. I think this clubhouse feel has been a complete 180 where we've kind of fallen in love with this attitude of guys that are locked in on this team that are kind of do or die. It's about this year. It's not about my future. It's not about what's going to happen. It's about the young guys and what's to come. And I think that's where everybody's head is at right now. When we're not dreaming on, you know, oh, well, keeping this guy, it's more like, oh, well, look at what all these guys could be for us. Look at what the next, you know, not dynasty, but the next era of Red Sox baseball is Sandra Bogarts. That era is dead. It's gone. Like we've all kind of moved forward, but we've seen a preview of what's to come. And I think that's why Bloom's got some of the credit he has this year. We have our eyes on the next dish. I think it would hurt more if the Red Sox were sucking right now. And we're like, man, look at what we even had last year. That was awesome. Like at least, at least we had Xander. Like we, we, we may be garbage, but you know, we had Xander Bogarts and we were 78 wins. And if things went the other way, like I would do anything for that. No, we're, they're 26 and 20. They're at a better point than they were one year ago at this same time. And you can say maybe even their future's brighter than it looked a year ago at this time. That stuff everybody can cling to. We've all moved on. We've fallen in love with another girl. Like we, our feelings have started to develop for another person. We're not sitting here and looking back. We're looking ahead because guess what? This team is more fun than last year's team was at any point last year. I w- in that comparison, I wouldn't say that I'm in love yet. I have feelings. I have a crush there. Yeah, there's a cute girl on the other side of the room and you're curious like what her deal is. That's kind of where I'm at. After last year, my relationship was kind of toxic and I really I didn't know where we ever stood. I was just kind of left in the balance wondering what we are now. I'm like, damn. I'm feeling you. Yeah. No ice spice. That's a bar. Damn. Wow. Keep Tyler Willikin. Throw it up, baby. Throw it up. <laughs> but like, is that not how it feels? Like we're no. on to the next. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. We're turning the page. I'm not in love yet. Like, I'll just be honest. I'm not in love. Um, <clears> but you like, weren't in love at any point last year. This is the first time you're feeling really stuff. It's, it's like being it's it's like being at the gym for years like you've been going to the same gym forever and then like a new cute girl just signed up and you're like I mean she could be the worst person on earth you don't know but it's like oh I see potential there like at least on the surface this looks good I don't know that we connect I don't know that we have anything in common but like I like the idea of this sure but like I, I'm not in love yet like I'm not I haven't gotten to that level yet I'm still very much in the oh who's that that's that's where I'm at with with like this next window, because put put it this way, when the Red Sox were busy building the core that won the championship in 2018, we're talking 2014, like Jackie Bradley opening day roster on, and the 2013 roster, 
wasn't like a big impact, but still made the opening day roster in 2013. Mookie Betts gets called up in September of 2014. Uh, Andrew Benintendi gets called up in what, 2016? Um, you just had pieces that came up and then like the Chris Sale trade was 17. You could just see it. You could see it forming over the years and you're like, that's that's the core. And obviously Xander, how the fuck could I forget Xander? Xander comes up in 2013 <clears throat> uh, in September. Um, so like you gradually see those pieces come together. Like right now, I'm seeing Bayo and I'm seeing Casas. You can see Meyer. Like I would put Meyer on that list before I put Whitlock. Like yeah. there's just there, there are crazy. some pieces. Yeah, he's not even here yet. And if like we're talking about the next great Red Sox team, if we're talking about the next core that could win a championship together, uh, I'm as as you're seeing the the pieces float out together in space before coming together win a championship. Like I not I I'm not seeing a ton of the pieces yet. But that's not to be like oh you know they're they're far away or they're far off or like this you know they're behind schedule. No, I mean I just I'm not I can't, I can't be in love with it yet like Uh, there's no like the way that you could see that 2018 team coming together from 2013 through 17 um i still think that we're in the very 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 early stages of that and and it took years for that right like that's the reality of it you know 14 15 the growing pains certain guys bogart's having his ups and downs watching mookie Betts elevate into the player he became jackie bradley jr you never know. Like one year was this, one year was that. Is he going to become the player everyone dreamed on? Yeah, there's going to be those ups and downs. I just think last year was the definition of a relationship where it just always felt like something was wrong. There was always that elephant in the room. You never felt comfortable. It was always like, oh, this relationship has been stressed out. You know, I, I still want it. I still love you. But like, I don't even know where we are anymore. Xander, I don't know if you want to be here anymore. Do you want to be here? And then the Red Sox are sitting there. They're acting funny and they're creating issues and there's toxic or toxicity there. Like at the end of the day, it's the front office fault for a lot of what happened in that clubhouse. Not entirely. I do think there was some pouting that you can't justify overall, but it just it became such a blurry picture. Finally, it feels less blurry this year. And I think that's just what people are clinging to. People feel like they can connect with this team more because guess what? It's not about all this drama, all this different stuff. It's about guys going to work, playing hard and having fun. It's just easier to connect with. It's like that girl. It's like, God, I forgot how e- how easy and fun it can be to hang out with someone when there's not 10 layers of fucking drama underneath it. You know what I mean? Like, this is just yeah. we're just having fun because guess what? You're playing good. You know, we're winning. It's dramatic. It's fun. That's what it is. And, yeah. you know, I'll be real with you. I thought Xander's comments the last couple of days were really sad coming from him. There were two things in the globe where he mentioned where he doesn't really have any friends off the field right now. And his brother and mom have been making trips. And he's like, yeah, I I still talk to everyone. You know, it was a management decision, but I'm talking to all those guys every day, whether it's Devers, certain guys in that dugout. It just felt like to me, like he was kind of saying, yeah, like I, you know, I haven't really found my, my group here, you know, we uh, on the field. Cool. You know, I've had an okay season. Good season. Most would say, um, even though he's been struggling lately, but it's not. I still haven't found those relationships and those connections and they take time and I do miss them. I still reconnect with them for him to kind of bring that to the forefront. Again, just kind of speaks to me. We know where he ultimately wanted to be. The front office had different ideas with how they approached it. 
But I think after this series as a whole, while he's happy you got paid, whatever, you know, in San Diego, you got your money. I still think his heart is somewhat here in Boston. And it's going to take time for that to change for him, even though he got all that money in his bank account. Well, he's got 10 years to adjust. (laughs) And he just watched his best friend show up here. And you kind of saw like you saw what the Red Sox could be. You're like, oh, all right. Like, yeah, they moved off of me and they just took two out of three from us. We're in you know, the gutter right now. Things are going bad for the Padres. But here's Rafael Devers putting on a frigging show, like shining, being the player he's supposed to be. It was nice playing with that guy. Like, I, I remember he, what that he was. He made some really good plays at short as well in the series. Yeah. It, you see where the Red Sox are going. And for a guy who maybe hasn't gotten over the breakup, it's kind of like seeing that other person having fun. And you're like, damn, they, they can have fun without me. And that sits. It's not, it's not easy. It's not easy. And I mean, you did kind of see some moments where Xander is like smirking when yeah. Rafi hit the bomb and he's just like, man. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Like I like Mookie to me is a Dodger. A hundred percent. He just did. He became yeah. Mookie Betts. The personality we see today did not exist in Boston. Sorry, no. like if it, that's just paying attention. He became a totally different guy when he he was never that guy in the clubhouse here. He, he was got, never the fedora guy. No. He was never the hey, I'm going to start my own YouTube channel and podcast guy like he I mean, I don't know if he, if maybe it was because you know we keep hearing about like the veteran culture in Boston and um <clears throat> maybe he felt like he didn't he couldn't become that guy, but I think I think he is just not who he is portraying. In LA, I think it's just like, oh, I'm in LA. I got to do this now. Like if 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 Mookie Betts got traded to the St. Louis Cardinals and they gave him three hundred sixty five million dollars, I don't think that he's this Mookie Betts. I think the reality is there was a guy who did step up during those times. It was Xander, and Xander became kind of that voice, that younger voice. And I just don't think Mookie was ever the guy, you know, who was gonna be like, oh, well, it needs to be my team. No, it was Xander who was kind of that you know, leader in there, the guy that everyone turned to when things were going wrong with the media, Xander would get on that mic. And that's one of the reasons we fell in love with him, even though he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't the player Mookie Betts was, but we'd be like, no one's more accountable. No one's kind of taken that charge, especially during a time when as Dustin Pedroia faded out, you needed someone else to play that role. Red Sox win, go to Xander's locker. Red Sox lose, go to Xander's locker. He's going to be there. And, and he he'll, he'll talk like that was, that was what, the it was it was a staple for 10 years it was a staple for 10 years red sox lose there's xander red sox win there's xander you can go ask him anything he'll he'll talk but jake where are you at do you miss xander yeah i think if it was in fenway it would have hit a little bit harder emotionally um but obviously the fact that the red sox are playing better than we thought they would to start the year helps um, so you don't miss him as hard. But when he comes back to Fenway for the first time, it's going to be a lot more emotional, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think when he comes back, uh, that will definitely make me feel much differently than it did in this series. And it's, what, it, it, what will be more emotional, that return or Mookie's return in August? I don't really have any emotional attachment to Mookie Bats anymore. Like, that doesn't hurt me anymore. Like, I'll be more sad to see JD. Like, I'll be like, man. Wow. Like, yeah. Like, Mookie, like, like I said, Mookie's a Dodger. Like, when I see Mookie Betts, 
he's a Dodger. He won a World Series there already. Like people forget, <laughs> like Mookie Betts has already won a World Series with the Dodgers. That's the cap he'll wear in the Hall of Fame. Probably, yeah. Most likely. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I think so. I will give Mookie credit. I, there was a clip recently. What where, if he never wins an MVP there? Which like there's reason to believe that he won't. Yeah, I, I still think he'll end up because there'll be more total years there overall. And I think Mookie. I don't bets. think that it, like tenure doesn't matter. It's like where what were you most known for? And if it goes back to like, hey, well, he won his MVP and he won a World Series with the Red Sox. But if he, he, if he wins MVP. two in L.A. Maybe. But like they might also go back and be like, yeah, well, the first one was fucking 60 game season. Sure. I, I think ultimately, though, it will come down to where were you a majority? Where did you make your, you know, all these years? We talked about Mookie 10 years from now. Like people, you, kids won't even remember Mookie Betts in a Red Sox uniform. Like, oh, oh, that was cool. It'll be like when we look up, or you can't relate to this, but for kids my age, it's like, oh, yeah, Manny Ramirez played for the Indians. What? That's wild. Like, yeah. I remember finding that out when I was like seven, eight, nine years old, and it blew my mind. I think it's going to be yeah. a very similar thing. Yeah. And and with Mookie, like I, the big divide between how I feel about Mookie and how I feel about Xander is that I don't think Mookie wanted to be here. I, it's not that I'm sure he would have come back at the right price, but he was always, I'm going to free agency. I'm going to free agency. I'm going to free agency. If you're the top bidder, once I get there, awesome. I'm happy to come back for the right price. Um, I think the pandemic had a big effect on him taking that money from the Dodgers. Like, yeah, he ended up getting paid um, with the Red Sox offered like 300. He wanted 420. And then the Dodgers met in the middle of the, those two price points. And, and what uh, happened in all the middle of it? COVID happened. And it was like, oh, I, I didn't hear it. I'm sorry. But that that's really what it was like. Context is so key. People act like it was not part of this. When you say it meant something for the MLBPA, you felt like that was what you needed to do. Like, did people just forget those quotes from Mookie Betts? Those were directly for him. He was trying to do that for players so they got their worth. Okay, well, this is what it is. That That's what his focus was on. That's what he wanted to prove. Yeah. So, but Xander, I knew, I knew he wanted to be here. He never wanted to leave here. And it is what it is. Like, it's hard to feel bad when, you know, like, you got $280 million. You get to play in San Diego. Like you're playing for the Padres. Like That's cool. I'm happy for you. I don't, I don't know if he's happy for himself. <laughs> I'm sure like the money's great and all, but I'm sure he, he misses Alex Cora. He misses Rafael Devers. Like there's going to be relationships that I'm sure he wishes he was still uh, getting to be a part of every single day, and now he's not. But, you know, you got to turn the page. Got to turn the page. And uh, here we are. 11 years is ridiculous. <laughs> that contract. Good luck. Have fun with it. I, I would never want to go anywhere near that. And anyone with a sound mind wouldn't either. That's yeah. what happens when you miss out on Trey Turner and Aaron Judge. All right. We got to take a break and talk about Zinn Nicotine Pouches. We're always talking about what a team needs to get to number one. But Zinn Nicotine Pouches are already there. Zinn has helped millions of people achieve a lasting change earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or you're a dipper looking to make a change, look no further than Zinn. Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. And it's available in two strengths so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Because it's discreet, 
You can enjoy it anywhere, anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus, every can of Zinn earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zinn swag, even gift cards. Find your Zinn at your local convenience store or online at Zinn.com. That's Zinn, Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Um, just some thoughts on these games. Yeah, well, an hour in. Uh, James Paxton! I thought he was nothing. They told me he'd never pitch. Six innings, five hits, only one earned run. Couple walks, five strikeouts for James Paxton. Followed up by not one, not two, but three innings from Tyler Milliken to record a big league save on Friday. The series that was a series opener, yeah, yeah. Six to one ball game. Um, I knew Blake Snell was gonna get smacked. Going back to the stop and shop, look ahead with his fucking 55% fastball usage. I was like, the Red Sox dick smack fastballs. Don't you dare. Rafael he's just, Devers. He's so inefficient. Papow. Homer. Rob Ref Snyder. The lefty slayer. Uh, two run double. Now you're up three nothing. Devers is like, you know what? Fuck you. Bang. Three run homer. Second of the game. Padres scrap across a, a slapdick run in the third when Fernando Tatis Jr. hits a garbage time homer. And that's it. No more scoring from the third inning on. You had a you had a five-run third for the Red Sox, a one-run third for the Padres, and then that's all she wrote. Uh, just a nice little, for once, a nice little smooth sailing ball game where you don't have to worry about shit. You get Xander, drop his nuts on the table in game one. You get a nice start from Paxton, which is great to follow up your Red Sox debut. Maybe you're like, oh, he's amped up and he's got all this adrenaline. How does he does he harness that in his second start? I don't know. He doesn't have Fenway Park and it's it's not first start adrenaline. Well, he goes out there and fucking uh, turns in a great start in his second start. I thought the command was not as good as it was in that first start overall. But Mm -hmm. in the first inning, didn't fold. A couple guys get on bounces. The fourth inning with the bases loaded. I think everyone's sitting there like, holy shit, Paxton's at the end of the rope here. No, he battles. He gets the big pop out and you're kind of like comparing stuff. It's like, where is James Paxton going to land? You look 2017 to 2020. Those were the last years he was healthy before he blew his elbow out. It was an 11.4 K per nine. This year, he's at 11.5. So that tells me, you know, we're getting to the point of missing bats of, you know, pre Tommy John, the guy that you're hoping you're getting in James Paxton. Another 11 swings and misses. Great. Missing bats. Need more of that. And Cora. I, one of the things I loved about Cora in the series was the faith he put in Paxson and Sale. No one thought Paxson was going out for a sixth inning. Goes out there, gets the job done, not shying away. And I think we're seeing Cora push his starters and start to ask for a little bit more after leaning on the bullpen so much. It's paying off. I thought that was a big moment to see Paxson go through six innings. And, you know, while the stuff wasn't as exciting as it was in the first start, had a better line than the first start. James Paxton threw how many pitches? It's like 106 or 107, right? I <laughs> Need me to pull it up? No, I got it. The Red Sox 
All right. James Paxton, 107 pitches. 66 for strikes. Yeah. Um, Saturday's game, my jaw dropped. Like I'm my jaw dropped. With sale in the seventh? Shocked. Shocked. <laughs> it was it was like a it was like a double scare because it's like, all right, he's coming back out for the seventh, but it's he's just gonna get Cronenworth, and that's it. When they showed uh Alex Cora in the dugout after the Cronenworth out to start the inning. And he's just twiddling his thumbs, hands in his Dude, pockets. La da da. It, it, it looked around. like people were like, like looking what? at him. Like they were like, hey, "You're going out there, AC, right?" And he's like, "No." And he's like, "That about <laughs> it. Go fuck him up. Whatever. I don't give a damn. It's Chris Sale on the mound. Yeah, it's that, crazy. Like no fear, no pressure, but legit guys are making eye contact with Cora in that dugout. Like, okay, like you gonna go get him? No, I'm not. He's gonna finish this inning. I That's was, knowing your guys. I was taken aback and it is I, I'm trying to think of like a comparison, but like they're in the playoffs and this is not the same thing as the playoffs. It's not. But I'm just talking about like my baseball watching mannerisms. So if they're if I'm sitting at home on my my lounge chair, right? If there's a big moment, I can't help but to go from like my feet are up on the you know how like the thing kicks out and you put your feet on it. Like, I will go from sitting like that, and if it's, like, a big, intense moment, I will fucking sit like I'm crouching like a catcher. I'll, I will get up from my, my relaxed position, and I'll, I'll literally be in the catcher's crouch position watching this at bat. And when Chris Sale came out for the seventh, I was, I was stunned, but I was like, okay, it's a lefty. I got it. Got it. Fine. Whatever. When he gets Cronenworth, and they showed Cora in the dugout, just <laughs> I shot up, and I was like, "Oh my god, he's leaving him out there at 106 pitches or whatever it is, and he only has one out." So, <laughs> and I tweeted it. I was like, "I cannot believe that he's keeping him out there." It wasn't. I wasn't doubting him. I was more just like, "Holy shit!" Like we don't see this. When we do you see 111 this. pitches? Like he did 110 last start, and we were like, whoa. Like, Jesus Christ. 111? Yeah. People were like, oh, they, they spent all this time trying to fix him, and now they're trying to break him again. Uh, I think, you know, that that's again, that's a conversation that you have with your guy. You're if you're the manager, you're constantly talking to your starters. Extra and, days uh, off right now for all these guys as well. It's not yep. a typical five-day rotation. Yep. Off day on Thursday. I think if there's any hesi- hesitation there, it's that you he is, like you said, coming off 110 pitches his last time out. <clears throat> now you're asking him to do it again. And there's only one way that Chris Sale knows how to finish games. And that is empty in the tank. <laughs> like it is not like, oh, man, like I'm just I'm running on fumes in this last inning. So it might be it might be 92, 93, but I'm still going to paint the corners and get some outs. Oh, no, no, no. If it is the last inning and Chris Sale knows it, Guess what? Now you're getting 97, 98, and he's empty in the tank, and he's yanking it. There were some pitches like in that last thing. He was like, I almost looked like he was going to fucking yank him to the backstop. He's giving you everything he's got because that's what Chris Sale knows how to do. 
He's an animal. He's a savage. He's a great white shark. He smelled blood in the water. He got all three outs and that was it. And he goes back on the bench and he's smiling and he's giving high fives to his teammates. because That was the best part. It's an honest day's work right there. You see the relief. You see a guy who knows he's back. I think Chris Sale knows he's back. And I do think at times, like he wonders, like, oh, am, am I that guy? Yeah, you are that guy. And we're all kind of seeing you be that guy now for a pretty lengthy stretch. And we'll keep updating this. Going back to the twin start now. We have six starts, 38 and a third innings, 305 ERA, 293 FIP. How many more people? All these people that want to cry under my tweets. Oh, Chris Sale, Chris Sale. Oh, you know, what about the first couple? What, you know, da, 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 da. dude, we have six starts now. One of them was a bad start against Baltimore included, where it's a 10K per nine. It's a 1.4 walk per nine. Missing bats, elite. Not walking guys, elite. You know, got tagged for a couple homers. Didn't care. Kept pitching. Didn't falter whatsoever. Kept his composure. Something we saw him struggle with early. It's a 201 batting average against. How much more do you need to say, like we said it last episode, Chris Sale's back. Felt like a lot of people hopped on that train over this weekend, by the way. Saw a lot of tweets finally saying those words. A lot of people that were scared to say those words. Well, he's here. And Cora, trust him. This is back-to-back times going over 110 pitches. Saying, guess what? This guy's healthy. He's fine. He's going to get us through it. We need our ace to be you know, giving us this extra inning tonight. That's a game changer for us. That's what Alice Cora is doing. That confidence in Chris Sale should tell you everything you need to know because it wasn't there for a while. Wasn't there in 2021 when he was working through those you know, kinks and trying to make it by. It's here now. Cora knows when he needs an extra inning out of Chris Sale, Chris Sale will go out and get it for him. That's an ace. That's an ace. It's a frontline guy. Actually, you know what? You're right. Because frontline, he'd be like, yeah, it's a, it's a one, it's a two, you know, three, maybe. Nope. Oh, Chris, Chris Sale's a fucking, he's an ace. Yeah, and these are ace one. numbers. And ace. Oh, the Padres lineup, they're, they're struggling. Dude, he's going up against Soto. He's going up against Tatis. We've seen him now do this over this stretch against the Cardinals lineup that turned out to be red hot. Like he got a whole week off. And he still was able to put it together and be that guy. I don't even think we've still seen the best version of Chris Sale yet. If this is 85, 90%, man, I feel very good about having him in my rotation, at the top of my rotation. Hmm. Jake, how do you feel about Chris Sale right now? Just love to see it. Every <laughs> time he's, yeah. he's going out there, you're just thinking of like vintage Sale, like Sale that is back, where hmm. you're just circling his uh, starts on the calendar and just getting pumped when he goes out there because he's shoving every time. Mm-hmm. Love to see it. Love to see it. Um, makes me feel things now, especially that ninety-eight heater to Soto to get him. Oh, just a guy who never chases anything, and you get him to chase ninety-eight high heat. Yep. So. Uh, that's a series win. Wait, what we, I feel like outside of Corey Kluber, we've been pretty positive on a lot of the stuff that happened. I want to give a round of applause to Emmanuel Valdez who entered today with a 130 OPS plus. Ooh. He, he, he was the offense in that game. That three run blasting over Dugo added the blooper, but man, another homer for Valdez three on the year. Now overall playing himself and he, you know, he came out of today, some precautionary reasons, but he's okay playing himself to be a pretty interesting bat for this team moving forward. 
I keep expecting it kind of to slump a little bit. It's not. He's giving you a nice little power production, strong at bats up there. He never looks overmatched and they play the platoon with them the right way they need to keep them away from lefties. But if he's going to be this kind of bat, look at the value that a Rob Ref Snyder has. And that's against lefties. You're not facing every day. We're talking righties, which Valdez will be in the lineup a majority of the time. Gets crazy when you start thinking about all these guys coming back. Where does he fit into this picture? Where is Valdez going to get his ABs? Well, I think, I think, uh, do you say him and Kike at second base with story at short? I don't know. What happens to Christian Arroyo? And he's coming back soon. Tuesday, he starts his uh, rehab appearances. Yep. Yu Chang. Yu Chang's making progress. Adam Duvall's resumed baseball activities. Can he pitch? I don't think so. All right. Hard decisions coming, but Valdez, he's earning all of it. Yeah. But I don't even think we've touched the biggest concern from that game. Which game? Saturday? Yeah. There is a lot of panic surrounding Kenley Jansen right now. Oh, yes. Yes, you're right. Yes. Yep. Are you one of them? Um, Panic is not the word that I would use. Concerned. Yes, I am concerned. Yes. Uh, that spray chart looked like um, a fucking firework. It was all over the place. There was no consistency within the zone. Pitches were missing wildly multiple pitches all over the place not even in the same cluster he was missing up he was missing down he was missing out he was missing in um yeah i don't know not that they would tell us but i don't know what they see or what they think the red Sox about kenley jansen after blowing two saves against the cardinals and then this was supposed to be the get back on the horse you had your week off pretty much you know figure it out week off and I don't know. I I am concerned. I am most certainly concerned. And I, hopefully it's just it's one of those things that they can fix mechanically. Like, that's where I feel like we're at. I think this is a mechanical thing. Um, I don't think that this is a health thing. I think it's a mechanical thing. And I mean, we fix mechanical issues here. We just call Dustin Pedroia and we get that shit taken care of. <laughs> I, I don't know if I would say I'm concerned yet. Um, and, you know, I think the command stuff, am I overly freaked out? Listen, he hadn't pitched in a week. It's rusty. He hasn't been on a mountain in a week. Last time was that Saturday, the same day, same day Chris Sale had started. Am I surprised the command wasn't strong? Not entirely for a guy that struggles with his command at times, but he was able to slam the door shut. The biggest thing that worried me at first was the velo when he came in and it was like 90, 91, ticked up towards 95 by the end. So is that more, you know, he just had to kind of get it going to kind of find it and start to look more like the guy we saw in April. But I think that's where the real truth kind of lies in all this. We're getting some regression to the mean here. I think we're seeing some of those Kenley stories we were told about where, dude, you're going to sweat. Like there's going to be times where you're sitting there. It's like, holy shit, he can't find the zone. Like this is scary. I'm worried this game's going to get blown. I think hoping that Kenley was going to be the April version of himself all year was asking a lot. I think that will be closer to an outlier as this whole year goes along. And that's not me saying I think Kenley's going to be bad or anything like that. But I think he was on such a ridiculous level in April, hitting 97, 98, even before that, you know, 400 save in Atlanta. When he would just find it, it was like, holy shit, everything's up all the way. 
Well, he dealt with some back spasms. Maybe he's not 100% out there. Maybe some of those things have changed his mechanics. I just think he's going to be closer to the Kenley Jansen that we all kind of had our expectation for entering this year than the guy we saw in April. And there's that. that's a little bit of the regression of the mean here. So I'm not freaking out. Not ideal. I wish he looked more dominant, but he did get the job done. And I think that was the biggest thing. Get it underneath your belt. Get a save. Let's get some momentum going here. You're over the hump. You're not sitting here a week cold after blowing two saves anymore. Hmm. Jake, how do you feel about Kenley Jansen after that performance? Um, it just kind of sucks because it feels like this is something we put to bed like a couple weeks ago where like blowing saves isn't an issue anymore. And now all of a sudden it is. Um, hopefully it's just rust, but I, we'll have to see the next few appearances. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really all you can say about this, right? Like, just got to see him again. Hope it's better the next time out. Like, it's not if it's not an injury, it's mechanical, it's confidence. Something that he's been open and honest about that he does have these, uh, I guess, downward trends confidence wise that does impact his performance on the mound. That's been his career, right? Like we've seen these stretches. I think we're just seeing one of them for the first time here Mm -hmm. where he's just not as sharp. And then there's he'll go weeks where he looks amazing. Guess what? There's going to be some weeks mixed in where it looks like this. Mm hmm. But that, that's, you know, how often do you expect a guy who is 35 to be transforming into this another level in his career like we saw in April? We said even back then, like, it's probably unrealistic to expect this over 162. That's I what, didn't think we were going to see 99 from him in a, a one ERA and, a, you know, a perfect save, whatever. I didn't think we were going to get that. He was going to have his ups and downs. And, and right now, I just I just think that it was an abrupt like, boom, we're in a down. I mean, it, it was the highest of highs, 400 saves. And he's hitting 99 on the gun. And everyone's like, holy fuck, he's been great to this point. And he just took a step forward. Like now he's throwing 99. And then his next time out, it's like, bam, blown save. Next time out, bam, blown save. So that's that's why I guess there's the not just concern, but I guess people are just confused. Like, how do you go from the top of the top to where you are right now? Uh, but I think it would be more it would be a more intense conversation around Kenley if he didn't get the save on Saturday. But he did. So it is what it is. He was just, you know, in, inducing weak contact, flat pop ups in the infield, whatever. A, a guy that I hope that core doesn't run away from or really the Red Sox in general, if they feel like Kenley needs a day, Chris Martin. Shout out to him, man. Uh, continuing to get the job done six innings since he came off the IL. He hasn't given up a run. I feel as comfortable with anyone in this bullpen as when he's on the mound. He's going to mm-hmm. pound the zone. He's going to get after guys. A little fucking edge to this guy. You saw you saw him get into it mm-hmm. with Hassan Kim, like kind of, you know, chirp him a little bit. All right. Fire me the fuck up, Chris Martin. This guy's a little bit, of, you know, fuck you. He has that fuck you. I think, we, I think we knew that a little bit now. Well, let's kind of go back to like the race thing, right? When he got injured or whatever it was, when he kind of barked uh, at the you know media in the clubhouse mm-hmm. a little bit. It's a little there's a little wire there in his head, that kind of reliever wire where he gets a little crazy. I think the Red Sox need that. That's not a bad thing, especially late games. Mm-hmm. I'd be willing to push him if you feel like Kenley needs a day or hey, quick hook and you didn't use Chris Martin in the eighth. Go to that guy next time. Don't leave him warming like you did against St. Louis. Yeah. I agree. <clears throat> um, baseball.
Baseball season's rolling. It's the best time of the year, and there are games all year, all all day, every day. And when I'm watching all the games and recording all these podcasts every week, it can be tough to get a handle on it all. But thanks to Xfinity 10G Network, I can stay on top of everything. With Xfinity 10G, you can power an entire house full of devices with ultra-low lag. So you and everyone you know that can stream every single game at the same time and never miss a pitch. And if you're on the go, Xfinity has your back with millions of Wi-Fi hotspots. Introducing the next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash 10G. Uh, should I call Coley? Let's do it. Let's give Coley a call. The McMahon. That's the, that's oh, he might be in a weird place right now. The Celtics are playing. Uh, the Celtics are on. Jake, good or bad? Are they winning, Jake? No. Oh, they're not winning. No. Is it bad? They're down fourteen in the second. Oh quarter. my god! Jesus Christ! There's no chance he answers. He's just gonna text and be like, "Don't care." He just texted me. Couldn't pick a worse time to call. You're calling. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Twitter's very bad. I'm looking at it right now. Oh no. <laughs> They're down 14. Gross, man. Uh, do we, how many votes brutal. do we have in right now? All of them except for Coley and, and you guys. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Well, if we're not going to get Coley, then we probably should start diving into the numbers. Oh, you know what? What? Can I shit on someone real quick? Sure. Richard Blyer, man. Yeah, I'm throwing oh, you stuck. right in the same fucking boat as Corey Kluber, dude. Yeah, Corey Kluber him. needs to throw fucking yeah. strikes. Dude, you need to get lefties out. Like, what? Yeah. you brought, you're a loogie. You're a loogie in 2023. You're lucky to still have a job in the big leagues at this mm-hmm. point. He's faced 28 oh. lefties this season and given up three friggin' bombs. Speak on it. Those three bombs that he's given up to lefties this year. That's how many mm-hmm. he had given up in the last five seasons to lefties. 389 yeah. plate appearances. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? Matt Carpenter first pitch. Mm. Uh, Kyle Schwarber took you to the moon. Okay. It happens one time. Matt Carpenter. Matt Carpenter. Grow the fuck up, man. And Joely Rodriguez had his best outing so far as we've seen in a Red Sox uniform. Couple K's him. Mm-hmm. Dude. Flyer. Kick fucking rocks, dude. I'll take Bernardino and just ride it out. Hmm. I, I, and then I know, listen, Bernardino gave up a run in four out of his five appearances. Richard Blyer is giving you nothing. If he can't get lefties out, there is no reason to have him on this team. Hmm. Okay. And props to Nick Pavetta for not pouting. He looked decent out of the bullpen today. He did. He looked fine. Right, he did. Got the job yeah. done. Um, I forget. Do we do the music and then the stats? No, you do the music first. Okay. Potential. 
The Clark's Ketchup Series MVP, as always, presented by Clark's Ketchup. Drizzle that ketchup. A lot of people were excited for that ketchup on Saturday night. Corey Kluber not going to put a, a damper on this ketchup celebration. Tell you that right now. Fuck you, Corey. What does he get? Mm, relish. The injection. No one likes relish. Yeah. Do you like relish? Fuck no, dude. Who eats relish? Jake, you like relish? No one wants relish. <laughs> no one. No one. That's wants eaten by relish. the older generation during hard times. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. During like the Great Depression, they would just pop a bottle of on relish. everything. Relish on everything. 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 Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Getting to some numbers here. The leader in batting average, Rymel Tapia, but only eight plate appearances. He's only played in two games, but you know, 429. Take it. Solid uh, bench another, piece. Yeah. Another two gamer. Emmanuel Valdez hit 333 in the series. Uh, Masataki Yoshida played in all three games, hit 333. Uh, and then it's just a massive drop off after that. Not a big offensive series for the Boston Red Sox. Uh, on base percentage, you've got Ryan Tapia, 500. Again, this is only seven at-bats because he played in two games and, and came off the bench. Um, <clears throat> Masataki Yoshida was second, 385. Slugging percentage, Valdez, 1,000. Devers, 667. By the way, for all the love that we're giving Rafael Devers, he hit 167 in the series. Like the two home runs might have been his only fucking hits. Uh, OPS Valdez then Tapia, not not a great crop of offensive output um, in the series. Then the leader and hits this series, Masataki Oshida four, Rymel Tapia for being a guy that came off the bench and played two games. Rymel Tapia was second in the series and hits. He had three. Kike had two. Devers had two. Yeah, so Devers, two homers were his only hits of the series. Verdugo had two. Valdez had two. <clears throat> that was all in one game. That was the double and the, the homer. Um, Yoshida had a stolen base in the series. Tapia had one. Kike had one, surprisingly. He doesn't really uh, steal a lot of bags. Total bases, even still, despite having two hits, they were both home runs. Rafael Devers, eight total bases. Valdez six, Yoshida five. Um, yeah. So, I it's gonna should we should we start looking at the um the votes? Is it do we usually or do we go first? Then you tell us the votes because we don't want to be we don't want to be. There's been uh, no consistency. Like I think we should vote us first. I agree. Okay. Uh, first vote goes to Jake. I think I'm going to go Valdez. Um, I think he just, when he hit that home run, like to set up sale to just go deep and have the start that he had, I think he just kicked the vibes off right in that game. And it's just, a, it's a tough call to, this series, but I'm going to go Valdez. Tyler? I'm going to go Alex Cora. 
Um, Alex Cora. I'm going to go Alex Cora. I'm going a little out there. I I do think Devers, right? Like those two homers in the first game did really set the tone for the series. But Cora pushing sale impacts and getting an extra inning out of both of those guys. I thought he had a really nice series and I thought he set himself up well today where, you know, as long as Kluber didn't absolutely load his diaper and could give you three or four innings, you had a Pavetta, you had a cutter, and you could probably go to Martin and Jansen again and give yourself a chance at a sweep. Unfortunately, Kluber never even gave them the chance to do that. But I thought Cora had a really nice series and kind of played what he does so well, knowing his players getting an extra inning to help your bullpen really changed the outlook and dynamic of a series. That's massive. And giving Josh Winkowski that third inning. Another thing, a lot where they could have been careful, got a little too cute with it. No, you knew Winkowski was cooking. You let him ride that out for a second big league save. I'm giving it to Alex Cora. It's a great pick. Thank you. It's a really good pick. Um, okay. From our expert panel. <laughs> Will Fleming. The radio voice of the Boston Red Sox, along with Joe Castigdale. Has voted for. Corey Kluber. <laughs> Is he okay? I mean. He's going to have to explain himself, but he voted for Corey Kluber. One vote, Corey Kluber. Wait, I didn't vote. Yeah, I know. I, your internet cut out for a second, so I didn't know My if you My internet's been it. cutting out. We're battling. It's rough. Um, I'm going to vote for Chris Sale. Okay. I, I don't hate that. I think that was a momentum start for him. Mm-hmm. Kevin Euclid. Chris Sale. Mm. Tom Karen. Raphael Devers. Lou Merloni. Chris Sale. I should get some I should get some dramatic music for this. Yeah, you, uh, need, you know you what? Like boom. Yeah. Remind me, remind me, Jake, to find some dramatic music for the voting process. I'll uh I'll load that up on the soundboard. <laughs> Next time we have catch up, we're getting dramatic music. I blame we the pool. It. It's the pool. Usually there's a more of a dramatic feel to this. What do you mean? Oh, because because they lost the fucking. Yeah, like, well, I mean, we had. It, we it's had just not unanimous. a good. It's not a good pool. The drizzle catch up right now. It was a weird kind of a weirder series. Yeah, you're right. It's kind of like the Cardinals series if everything went right the first two games. Oh, my God. Oh, All right. never mind. Keep going. Ready? I'm going to start over. Kevin Euclid. Chris Sale. Woo. Will Fleming. Corey Kluber. No! Tom Karen. Raphael Devers. Loomer Loney. Chris Sale. You can't be sued. Coley Mick. Chris Sale. Boom. 
our manager, Alex Cora. Chris Sale. It's Chris Sale. <clears throat> so, wait, are we missing anyone? We, no, I, that's everybody, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah, we got everyone. All right. Congratulations to your Clark's Ketchup Series MVP, Christopher Allen Sale, who set the tone, was outstanding on Saturday night. What a, what a ball game. What a performance. Guy has huge nuts. Is that his first, Jake? That is his first. Wow. Congratulations, Chris Sale, your first Clark's Ketchup Series MVP. Really shoving it up the ass of, of everyone that says that there should be an award for the pitchers. You were just saying that because the Red Sox are sweeping teams. When you have a, a three-game set and you win two, and you win the series because you won two games, that very much opens up the door for pitchers to win the Clark's Ketchup Series MVP. It's our first pitcher of the year. Are you sure? 100%. Oh. No other pitcher. We haven't, right? Jake? Jake? Did Kenley not win one? Oh. I think Kenley did win one. We might have given. Yeah, because it was a two gamer, right? Well, no, that was a split. It wasn't for the 400th. No, I think Kenley saved like two games in a series. Yeah, there was. You're right. That was a game. Yeah, against the Cardinals. No. Why? Uncalled, Uncalled for. All right. Thank you. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Clean it up. Um, okay, we're going to do a little look ahead here. Let's do it. Yeah, why not? The Stop and Shop Look Ahead brought to you by Stop and Shop. Head on down to your local Stop and Shop. Use the promo code Section 10. You get 10 cents off each one of your tangerines when you buy uh, a minimum of five pounds of tangerines only at Stop and Shop using the promo code Section 10. The Red Sox. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all 9.38 start times. Good luck. Feeling like shit all week this week. All fucking week. Feeling like shit, baby. Kill me. Tanner Houck versus Chase Slilith. Who the fuck is that? He was up for a bit last year. Chase Silseth. Silseth. Is that his name? I think you're pronouncing it right. Remember they jumped him all the way from uh, all the way, what was it, from double A and then he kind of really struggled and he looked like crap. If I recall this Chase correctly. Slilith. Slilith Sith. Jake, how do you say it? Slilithith? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tanner Hulk versus Chase Slilith. <laughs> One more time. Red Sox are uh, Jake said that it's Slilithis. That's <laughs> uh the Red Sox are three and one against the Angels this year. They outscored them 20 to 16. They already played. Um Chase Slilithith. He's 0 1 
with a 540 ERA, 146 whip, and a 7.7 strikeouts per nine. Not a real person. Not a real person, as we have previously discussed. Not a real person. Five appearances this year. He's only made one start, 11 and two-thirds innings on the year. His last two appearances were three and a third innings each, one start. Uh, three and a third, five hits, six runs, three earned, two walks, three strikeouts. Last appearance was three and a third, six hits, four earned runs, five strikeouts, and a homer. This guy sucks. He does throw 95. Uh, not real, though. Uh Wait, I didn't fucking go through the other. I'm, I'm, I figure shit out, Jared. We're scuffling today. Tanner Hug versus Chase Sloth. Brian Bale versus Brian Bale versus Griffin Canning, and James Paxton versus Tyler Anderson. Uh, Tyler Anderson. Nope. Griffin Canning, two and two, a six fourteen ERA, a one fifty WHIP, and a seven point seven strikeouts per nine. Uh, he has struggled in his six starts this year. He's allowed a home run in five straight starts. He's yet to complete six innings. He only has more than four strikeouts in a game once this year. Uh, he has seen a jump in velocity this year, though. He's uh, up to 94.5 miles per hour. That's up from 93.5 last year. Uh, four of his five home runs that he's allowed have come off the four seam. He's got a 634 slug against that pitch. The Angels are three and three when he starts. Red Sox hitters, eight for 29, couple doubles, a triple, and a walk. Uh, Trevor Story, unfortunately, has two of the three extra base hits. Every time. Then you have, I know, every single time. Seriously. Um, Tyler Anderson, one and oh, with a 527 ERA, a 162 whip, and a five. This is a sweep, Jake, by the way. Put me down for a sweep. I'm, I'm preemptive sweeping here. Uh, the Red Sox already lit this dude up. This was back on April 15th. Four innings, eight hits, six earned runs. He walked four guys, struck out two, and gave up two bombs. Um, after a brutal start to the year, he has been seeing better results in his last four starts. He's 3-1 and one with a 357 ERA. He's allowed five home runs uh, in his first three starts. Only two since then. His FIP this year sucks, 585. Uh, he does a very good job at limiting hard contact. He's in the 86th percentile. Um, <clears throat> his fastball sucks. Three two out. Uh, three twelve average. A seven seventeen slog. Holy shit! Uh, Angels are five and two when he starts, and they've won three straight. Don't care. Red Sox hitters are three fifty five with a an OPS over a thousand. Ten doubles against this motherfucker. Seven home runs. Jesus. Uh, Tanner Hope. Three and three, a 548 ERA, a 131 whip, and an eight strikeouts per nine. If Kluber is gone, this is a big start for Tanner Howe for his case to also stay in the rotation. This is his version of Bayo starting in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, the second worst OPS that he allows to opposing uh, batters or opposing places in the batting order is 786 for the sixth hole. The worst part of the lineup for Hauk is fifth. <laughs> the OPS is 12-24. Seven hole hitters, 485. Okay. He really struggles in high leverage. 563 batting, a 1579 OPS. Not good. Uh, he's only allowed one extra base hit this year when facing hitters for the first time in a game, which is very interesting. It's very reliever-ish. Uh, Angels hitters 265 with a 773 OPS. Taylor Ward one for five with a, a couple strikeouts. Mike Trout 0 for one. Brian Bale three and one with a 445 ERA, a 159 WHIP, and a 9.8 strikeouts per nine. His last four starts, Tyler four and 0, 257 ERA, 
742 opponent OPS, a 440 FIP, whatever. Spare me. Um, his slider, unfortunately, it sucks, Tyler. It does. I, I think the frustrating part with Bayo's slider. The frustrating part is his slider sucks. I'm just saying that's what frustrates me. When he can snap it off consistently, it, it can be a weapon. Just the consistency is the biggest problem. Do you want to hear the numbers? Yeah, I'll say them. Brian Bayo throws his slider 21% of the time. Guess what opponents are hitting when he throws a slider? 324. 500. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 500. But we see he leans on it when he doesn't have the feel for that changeup. Okay, well, don't lean on it. It sucks. 500 batting average, an 889 slug, and a 603 weighted on base average. Is that bad? That's horrendous. <laughs> horrendous. Figure it out. Don't pout. Figure it out. Your slider sucks. No, he's not. a. Well, he, he kind of pouted when he got sent down, but I understand because he didn't deserve to get sent down. He did pout. He did. Angels hitters are eight for 16 with a home run, couple walks, a 1238 OPS against Brian Bale, which is not great. Gio Urshela over two with a couple walks. James Paxton, 1 0, 245 ERA, a 109 whip, 11.5 strikeouts per nine. He's averaging 96 with his fastball to start the year. Only two starts, of course. Only extra base hits that he's allowed are the two home runs that he allowed. Uh, Angels hitters, 146. With a 357 OPS. Damn. Couple doubles. Uh, those both belong to Mike Trout. He's five for 28 with a couple doubles and a couple walks. 11 strikeouts, a 483 OPS against James Paxton. Uh, I have already made my prediction. So I'm sorry to sweep cuck you, Jake. I'm, and I'm also sorry for assuming that you're going sweep here. I don't know that. I don't know what your pick is. Uh, all I know is that I. I'm going sweep. Suck on it. Um, Jake, what, what's your pick? I appreciate you not assuming my pick, but I'm also going to go sweep in this one. Okay. All right. All right. Suck on it. I like that pick. It's a good pick. It's a good pick because I also, I also went sweep. Uh, I know that Tyler and his little lady balls don't have the fucking cojones to go sweep here. So let's hear about your two out of three, Tyler. Go ahead. I'm not going two out of three. I have a sweep as well. I am going what to sweep. What the fuck? When you don't have to make what Nick Pavetta or Corey Kluber start a game in a series, it's that simple. It's a oh fucking sweep. No Kluber, no Pavetta. We're sweeping. Oh my god. Sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. a fucking dog. Sorry. <laughs> Tyler Willikin is going sweep. Jake, throw it up. Throw it up, Jake. <laughs> Come on. Come on. One more time. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, Jake. Yeah, one more time. Yeah. yeah. Tyler Willick. Flip that M. It's a fucking W. Uh, yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, all right. The triple sweep prediction. Something I thought I'd never see. But here we are. Positivity horn blaring. Triple sweep wearing. Damn. I think we're going to get a very good Tanner Houck start. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see him at least make it through the lineup twice before something bad happens. Give me some Tanner Cutter Crawford mix action here. 
It would be nice. It would be nice. Um, all right. Any final thoughts from you, Mr. Milliken? Shout out Mike, who I met at Stonehill uh, yesterday. Came up, was very nice. Uh, met him and his mom. Big fans of the podcast. Love you, Jared and Jake as well. I uh, talked about how we've helped him get through school and just kind of get to the point where he could graduate today. So congrats to him and congrats to my sister who also graduated. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> Don't even. I didn't say anything. Um, my final thought is my breaking news from earlier. Oh. <clears throat> okay. I'm undergoing a big life change right now. Like right as uh, we speak? Uh, within the last 24 hours. Oh my yes. God, you're dying. The thing in your ear really is that bad. That's close. Go ahead. I'm not, I'm not dying. I'm learning Spanish. See? Yeah! See? Yeah! Last night, I'm, no free ads, no free ads, but I did download a Spanish-speaking language app that's going to teach me Spanish. I'm going to be fucking speaking fluent Spanish by the end of the year, and all that means is we're getting that Rafael Devers interview. You can fucking bank on that. Suck on it. And suck on it, too. Como te llama? See. Si. No. Back to the <clears throat> app. Trust me, I'm... I, I've put in... I put in like about two hours so far. You're supposed to do 15 minutes a day. Do you know, like, I'm, dude, I've put in years into this language, <laughs> years into Spanish. Yeah. With you, two hours. I just, did you not just hear? I fucking started it last night. What do you have? What do you have? I just told you I can't know free ads. No, I'm not asking for the app. Speak to me. Oh, I'm not doing that. I'm not. Pablo. I'm, I'm not Pablo. Re- <laughs> I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not going to break it out until I'm confident in, in being able to actually speak pathetic I'm, I'm, dude, I just fucking started last night oh, what do you mean you did two oh, hours worth oh, and you can't yeah. talk in Spanish yeah I mean I'm learning download a different fucking app because clearly it's not working Jesus Christ God Spanish this, is, the, this is one of the this, easiest this, languages to learn this is this is why this is why players that come to this country and they don't know English they don't they don't feel confident speaking because they have pieces of shit like Tyler Milliken. Whoa. Like, Learn the language. I did Learn not say that. Sh- I'm yes, backing up. I want to do the yes, interviews no. in Spanish. Okay, I want well, to do the interviews in you're Spanish. You're yelling at me to learn the language. You're because yelling at you're me. struggling. Step up so they don't have to do I'm that. I'm trying my best. Be, a, this, be an asset. Be an aid. How about could that? You imagine, Jake, could you imagine if Tyler had this learn the language rant about like Rafael Devers? Canceled. You can't say that. Why, why does he get to say it to me? I'm reverse engineering it here. Yeah, but you can't if you can't say uh, learn the language to someone going from Spanish to English. So all, why can you do it all, for someone's going from English to Spanish? Because I, I expect you as someone who, you know, loves Rafael Devers so much to I make that. That's effort. why I'm learning Spanish. I, you should like have I, done it sooner. I oh, agree. I didn't know Rafael Devers debuted yesterday. Holy oh, shit. He's amazing. My oh my God. God. You waited five oh, fucking years. Five, boy. Jared. Five. Did you Be ever, better? Did you, you probably learned Spanish because you had to. I'm learning Spanish because I, I love Rafael Devers. What, what yeah, does that even mean? You can't, you can't make that same claim as me. I'm a they, learner. 
Yeah, you're a little bitch boy. When they were you a were a bitch boy. <laughs> you're the little bitch boy. You yeah. can't speak when Spanish. When you were in middle school, they were like, "Oh, you have to learn Spanish." And you were like, "See, sí, I will." <laughs> <laughs> Is that how it went? Yeah, you did because you had to. I did it because I want to. You know what? My my Spanish speaking comes from a place of passion and love. Yours comes from a place of obedience and being a bitch. Jared Ace Punta. Oh! Yeah, what, what the fuck you know about that? Yeah. Well, that hurts. Suck on it. Okay. Jake, you have any final thoughts? It'd be hilarious if Tyler took 10 years to learn Spanish and couldn't do it, and you did it in like two weeks. Yeah, it's probably going to happen. I'm determined. Like, I... I'm determined. To the point where I even have... um I even have a uh, I've added the Spanish keyboard to my texting. So now I can easily spit uh, switch over to. Where is it? Oh, yeah, this little globe button. You hit the button. It goes from English US to Espanol España. What? You, you don't even know how to speak it. So the keyboard is useless to you right now. Oh, my God. Grow up. Dude, you wish you wish I didn't know how to speak it. I'm about to blow past you. In, in I Spanish would love speech. to see it. I would love to see it. We're going to do a whole podcast in Spanish, me and you. Okay. I'm Next okay. episode. The Spanish Next episode. Episode. Eventually, I'd like to get to that point. Well, oh, Eventually, oh. I would like to get to a point where you do a full podcast in Spanish. You told me, oh, yeah, you're getting up there. You're all ready to go. I did two hours last night. Next episode. The Spanish episode. Next episode. Okay. Como, right, Jake, gonna, como te llama? Are you going to learn Spanish too, Jake? Yeah, I'll figure it out. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm refreshing. Las Papas Refresh. Fritas. You know what that means? Uh, no. Shout out to my real ones. You know what I'm talking about. I know. I know pan means bread. I'm learning. Buenos noches. I'm learning. Um, but I'll get there. Have faith in me. Um, I'm excited to, to talk to um, my Dominican relatives. Relatives? Mm-hmm. You're not related to Dominican people, are you? Yeah. Uh, you never told me this. Have you not seen my fucking Twitter bio? No. Why don't you take a peek, asshole? Hold on. <laughs> Did you just update this right now? Get oh, rid hands of up. Hands up. Keep him there. Don't fucking move. I'm not moving. No. No. This feels wrong. What? Saugus Domingo? <laughs> yeah. That's a place? Yes. It's more embarrassing that you don't know Spanish then. No, I'm learning. Rafi, hit me up. Because clearly Jared isn't ready to hang with you. But I am. You couldn't, you couldn't have a conversation with him. Dude. I might just tweet in Spanish for the next week. Go right ahead. Why don't you, why don't you whip out some, uh, some Spanish for your final thought? What's your final thought? Do it in Spanish, bitch. Um, give me a minute, Jake. Off your thoughts. Oh, let me, let oh, me put a weird. sentence. Let me put yeah, a sentence together. I can yeah, go do ahead. it. Put a sentence together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. 
Yeah, ten years of Spanish. Guy has to take a minute to to figure out what the fuck to say. Dude, dude, th- this is different. Okay, it's, Why it's is it different. A lot of people who speak Spanish know right that formal versus informal is very complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know it, it takes some time to kind of you know vosotros, nosotros. You wouldn't understand stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Yo el soy ma. el niño. Of course, those are classics. Mm-hmm. Um. Un hombre. Miamo Tyler. Mm-hmm. I don't want to explain what that means to you guys because it's clearly over your head, but <laughs> the, the yeah. people the people get it. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Do you have to, any final thoughts? To Bebe El Agua. What does that mean? Do you drink water? Chupalo. <laughs> you can't even form a sentence, Jake. I feel like I Chupalo. just bought it in the Spanish department. But um, Jake, do you have any final thoughts? Jake's takes. Uh, adios. Buenas <laughs> noches, <laughs> amigos. Right. I'm recording. You recording? Yes, sir. Okay. You got a sunburn, Tyler? Dude, I'm cooked. What Bad. I had my sister's graduation today, so I was just like sitting out Mm. in the sun for like two hours. Mm. You look like an asshole.